Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder. I'm Alex Argo. And I'm Alex Robinson. This is episode 138. All right, guys, welcome back. So, uh, unfilled episode this week. Actually kind of light, which is not so bad. Uh, how are, how are things going on your end? I'll say the, the meh emoji. <laughs> but not the Apple meh emoji, right? That's that one's copyrighted. A, it's in the content of a podcast, so I think it's it's fine, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We don't want our listeners to be imagining a copyright violation. Yeah, so I guess we have some updates, although not really a conclusion to the emoji gate. Perhaps a little Since... clarification on on the rules, but... Uh, it, it, yeah, it's it seems like it's definitely a no-go to use emojis in your app logo or icon as sprites or elements of your game, as replacement for your app's buttons or other UI elements. Uh, you can't do sticker packs that look like Apple emojis, and you can't use them in your promotional images, apparently. But there's some gray areas, too. I think someone actually found a, uh example of... Apple sample code that like asks you what kind of animal you are or something like that. And it uses emojis in a way that's not legal for the app store. <laughs> so that's fun. But it's legal for Apple to publish code like that because it's their emojis. Yeah, but they're, they're giving you sample code. Hey, do this. And then they're saying, Oh, well you can't actually do that. <laughs> I'd be like, if they gave you sample code, with a private API, <laughs> Yeah, uh, but, but their sample code has never been something you'd ever want to really ship, either. That's that's very true. <laughs> um, but I, I think since we last podcasted, there has been a pod or an app, like a food app or something, that make prominent use of emoji. I think it was called. Uh, they feature the eggplant. Is it because food foodies? It's, it's foodies. Yeah, the foodies app was approved with. Emoji kind of being used all over the place, uh, like some rejected apps. But then the day after that, February 8th, I think um, another app was rejected. Um, but switching to Emoji One, which maybe a, if you use emojis heavily in your app, might be a good thing to look into. Looks like that got an app approved. What is Emoji One? It's basically... Uh, a set of emojis that are similar to Apple's emojis, but not Apple's emojis that you can license. So so if you need emojis in your app or you've used them heavily, you can check into that and maybe you'll be good. Um, but yeah, it's, it seems like this is still not super, uh, super resolved, which is just unfortunate. I mean, the biggest thing that bothered me originally about this still kind of bothers me is the kind of enforcement all over the board on this rule. And the fact that they seem to kind of change without any noticeable rule change. But I guess that's the price you pay for making your living in the Apple world. <laughs> yeah, it's really not anything new, right? They're always changing up how they interpret the, the guidelines and the rules and, or making new rules. And then we just find out the uh, rejections. And Yeah, it, I felt like it was pretty... There was a couple years where they were... Remarkably consistent, and there weren't many issues that were that big. But it seems like the past 
I don't know, a year or so. It's been kind of rough, rough going again. But <laughs> yeah, and the emoji one is weird just because emojis have kind of been a way that people communicate. They're kind of part of common, I don't know, like your standard lexicon, okay. kind of like, uh, you know, back in the early Internet days, people started, you know, using stuff like LOL and all the other acronyms. I think emojis have kind of gotten They've more to that or less point. replaced that. Yeah. Well, yeah, they've replaced it. But like, I mean, I, I jokingly said met emoji. That's how I'm doing. And I mean, if someone if you ask someone how they were doing, you wouldn't be surprised to get a meh emoji back, would you? It's just like how people communicate these days. Well, if I was texting them, yeah. But if they send it to me, I'd probably smack them. You know, same same way like people go hashtag what this or that when they make their little jokes and taglines. That's why we do the podcast all, with all of us remote, <laughs> so I don't get reached <laughs> over and slapped by Sam. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I guess I guess our update is things are still kind of evolving, and I don't know if we've got a complete resolution yet. Unfortunately, a couple apps approved, some not. <laughs> so stay tuned for the the next update on the EmojiGate saga. There's a good Emojipedia article the. The guys over there have been covering it pretty well, so I'll check that out on their blog. Maybe it's in our show notes. Maybe it's not. You'll never know. Or I'll, <laughs> never, I'll never know. Um, um, maybe so what it, else is new, guys? Maybe it'll be the plot for the uh, Emoji movie 2. Sequel? <laughs> oh, sequel. yeah, it could be. Yeah, I hear T.J. Miller doesn't have much work these days, so... <laughs> <laughs> so you the evil Emoji Corporation cracking yeah. down? Yeah. They're kind of carrying on with the emoji theme, um, you know, breaking news that we're going to have another 157 emojis coming to iOS later this year because we needed some more. That's right. not really Apple's fault. Though. No, no, that's certainly not Apple. That's coming through from the uh, emoji Unicode. Uh, Unicode committee. Yeah. So that's kind of a standard process and it can take years for emojis to get approved uh, ironically you know given given the very inconsistent state of a lot of emojis and uh this this group seems to be a lot about uh variations on you know it sounds like a lot but you know there might be 20 a lot of diversity or, stuff yeah yeah we got different haircuts we got bald we got red hair we got <laughs> kind of puffy hair yeah there's a few new objects and animals, uh, a few new faces, like the hot face and the cold face and the, I don't know what that is, goofy face, puppy dog eye face. Is there the, the man in lotus position? One? I That was in the previous set, I believe. Okay. You so, can already use that, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. No, I was just listening to a podcast the other day, and the guy who actually pushed that one to the Unicode committee was uh, part of the podcast. Hmm. So it's just interesting to hear like the background of how these things come about. If somebody gets an idea and they go and they present it to this committee and then the committee votes on it. And then, or, you know, months later they vote on it. And then you hear back saying that, yes, you were accepted or no, you weren't. Yeah. I think, um, I think it was a Senator or mayor, uh, in uh, Massachusetts that asked for a lobster and this set has a lobster. 
<laughs> it also has crickets. Yeah, it seems is like it? there's some regional food items. We got like a... <laughs> He's gone from crickets to regional food. <laughs> well, the lobster is a... I know. There's a I thing. Know. There's this like cake looking thing. I'm not sure what it is, but I think it's some type of regional food that's not from around here. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, well, the crickets... Is it like a dumpling or something? Steamed, ste steamed bun? Yeah, that might be what it is. Uh, there's been a few times that... Uh, we wish we had crickets uh, yeah. on Team Slacks and, and such. <laughs> In fact, I think we added one uh, just for that purpose. That is the funny thing. It's like every time you go to look for an emoji, it's not there. Yeah. But like this one adds a DNA strand, an amoeba, adds a few more birds, a, uh, a boots, and just... Uh, I wonder if at some point, like our language will evolved to include these glyphs as accepted like proper language maybe a hundred years from now well we're we're, <laughs> we're reverting to uh, hieroglyphics well there's other like a lot of the east asian languages have all kinds of like a much more robust character set so yeah. we could go there yeah i think um yeah some of them have thousands of of characters so yeah, it's not completely uh, unheard of. Yeah, your languages, or your written languages, I should say, that derive from Chinese, like uh, Korean, Japanese, those all have, they're, they're pictograph-based languages. So yeah, there, there's tens of thousands of these things, but they're they're not like full-on pictures. They're not like colored pictures, yeah, but we're, we're, we're dumb Americans, so that's what we need. <laughs> well, there's no... Is there a crab emoji? Because I mean, now that you have lobsters, it seems like crabs would be the, the next thing. There might be one already. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yes, crab emoji was added in Unicode 8.0 in 2015. <laughs> so, in case you're curious, emoji 1.0. So believe it or not, uh, the news isn't completely about emojis for iOS. Um, some articles recently about what's coming in Swift 4.1. And uh, with Swift 4, we got Codable, uh, which was definitely one of my favorite features. Uh, but I work with API that uses snake case for its variable naming. So I invariably have to override the encode and decode methods to, to convert from one to the other. And now you can set your own key decoding strategy or you can choose between snake case and, and the default. Are you, you could just not work with people who do like Python. That would work too, or Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that option. Uh, but no, this is nice that they have this, this ability now. It's and, cool. And I haven't been able to verify it. I, hopefully you could create your own custom strategy. I'm not quite sure what the use case might be for that, but um, you know, hopefully it's flexible enough that, that you can set your own. When you say snake case, you mean like with underscores? Yeah, with the yeah. underscores, yeah. Oh. oh, who does that? Uh, I think Ruby, Ruby does it people? by default. <laughs> no, I mean, they're variables, sure, but they wouldn't be so evil as to put that in their <laughs> JSON keys. Oh, no. That's pretty much what I work with exclusively. So <laughs> it's almost always snake case, so I almost always have to uh, do custom encoding and decoding. So many extra characters. JSON's supposed to be a terse data format. 
Yeah, but uh, there is something to be said about using all lowercase or all uppercase. Doing like a camel case is kind of weird in JSON, I think. See, I don't find camel case to be odd in JSON because it's very much kind of the way you would program JavaScript anyway. Yeah, I'll give you that. Well, I guess, I guess we're uh, one step closer to better operation with people that have poor naming choices. So chalk that up for Swift 4.1. We're more inclusive now. Yeah. Yeah. So I find this kind of an interesting thing about the the source code for the bootloader to iOS 9 being leaked. It turns out that it was an intern, and he was just sharing it with his friends and like a close little group and, and uh, a little jailbreak community. And it didn't take long before his little shared secret got out to the rest of the world. And then somebody went and did something stupid and threw it up on GitHub. That's a poor kid. Yeah. He probably meant, meant it as something on the down low. Didn't think it would be such a bad thing. And who knows what he's going to be facing now. Instead he committed corporate espionage. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Good luck getting hired in uh, Silicon Valley anytime soon. I don't know if his name's out there, so people may just may not know. <laughs> well, it's not like he's a minor and needs to be protected. It's going to show up in some kind of court case, court filing at some point. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it seems like a mistake. Although I'm not super worried about... I mean, it's a two-year-old version of the bootloader, and there's lots of other kind of protections that we have going for us. So maybe if you have an older iOS 9 only device, this this may be kind of bad news. Although if it if it to take like advantage of a bootloader exploit, you'd probably need like physical access to the device anyways. Yeah, I don't know that I see this as a big security problem. Yeah, it's people. not I don't think it's that big of a deal. Although like, who knows, maybe a lot of the stuff hasn't really changed much, you know, since iOS 9. Might lead to some some new vulnerabilities to be found, but yeah, I, I doubt they rewrite the bootloader every every iteration of the operating system. So, yeah. yeah, but it's I'm sure that code's found its way into like some Israeli security firm. Well, I think you know, if nothing else, it might make it more secure. Ultimately, I mean, Apple puts up bounties every year for finding security vulnerabilities, and, yeah, and so but... do a lot of other firms. So. I don't know. You know, you could argue that it makes it more secure by having it out there. It's just, is it more profitable to take advantage of the exploit or to report it? Oh, I'm sure it's, it's yeah. the uh, exploiter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get the right exploit and the right buyer, and you're going to I'm sure there's about well. 20 governments who would love to pay you lots of money for that. You know, most of the yeah. bounty... I, I think Apple's bounty is considered to be pretty low. It's like in the, if I recall, like the one to two million range. Uh, but there's other security firms uh, that pay more, a higher bounty for iOS exploits. Well, yeah, they, they can sell those things and make a lot more money off of them. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of interested parties. I mean, we saw those. An estimate, or what we think was the number that the FBI paid that firm to unlock that guy's iPhone 5C. Yeah, that was in the six figures, I believe. And that was just for one phone. 
Yeah, and that was mostly, um, I can't remember the name of the company, but it, I mean, that's kind of what they do. I think right. it, they've even done work for Apple in the past, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so yeah, any of those companies are going to be more than willing to buy one of those exploits and keep it to themselves. I don't, I don't really feel like this uh, had its intended purpose of helping out the, the jailbreak community, though. It wasn't really like iOS 9 was a big jailbreak release. So from that perspective, I feel good. Well, I feel like there's less and less reason to jailbreak your your iOS devices lately anyways. Um, maybe other people disagree, but... Well, I'm sure the software freedom people would disagree with you, but from those people that are starving for features and wanting to load up any old app that they want, yeah, I, I would agree with you. Yeah, I mean, there's less practical reasons to do it now. There may be, there may still be plenty of, like... You, you want to unlock the uh, in-app purchases without actually purchasing? Or... Oh, yeah, other than like, <laughs> yeah. piracy. Yeah. That's, right. Yeah. <laughs> do you really want to be using Apple Pay on a jailbroken phone? I I don't think so. True that. <laughs> so we've got the 11.3 Beta 2 came out uh, this past week. Good chance by the time this episode airs, uh, Beta 3 will be out. Outside of new and emojis, back to the uh, emoji theme. Um, you know, what is it that we're getting in 11.3? Um, I think the the big thing we got was the uh, they actually released the controls for the battery gate stuff. <laughs> so so basically you can see if you're being throttled and turn it off now. Um, and it will tell you kind of your battery usage. Like it'll give you that percentage that a lot of these apps that are on the app store will give you already. Um, so I guess we, we just got to see how that was implemented and obviously it's subject to change. But one, one interesting thing I noticed was that anytime your device does a shutdown due to the battery, it'll turn it on. There's no way to tell it. Don't turn on this, this feature after a force shutdown, hmm. um, which I think makes sense to some extent from their, their point of view, because you don't really want, want people's devices to shut down, but now I guess they have the ability to see, oh, this is why I'm running slow because of this. You can go get your battery fixed. Yeah. And it's and such rock a bottom prices. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a fun experience too, because you go in or you make your genius bar appointment. You go in, they say, yep, you'll get a new battery. Come back in three weeks. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if there's going to be like a sweet spot. Like I wouldn't go in today even if I had a device that was experienced issue because, you know, for the reasons that you said, but I, I wonder if like the GM comes out for 11.3, I'm going to the store <laughs> to, because uh, as soon as this beta comes out, I bet they're going to experience a whole new rush of people trying to get new batteries. Yeah. Well, even when I had my 6S battery replaced under the, the original warranty, issue that they had it was come in to find out that yes you do have a success that is in, under the warranty and come back in three weeks <laughs> so it's it's not a fast process no matter what oh yeah and they're losing money on all these battery replacements because the battery itself not that expensive but the labor to 
you know, take apart a phone, even if you have specialized, you know, machines and um, people who've done it a bunch. Still, you still need to pay those people, and they can only do so many phones at once. So, yeah, although the the six and six S they're much easier than the older phones to replace the battery on, but it's still a pain because there's a number of screws that you got to take apart, and they're very small. And those ribbon cables I've messed with before, and I guess this is when I'm doing screen replacements, and it's tricky to get in there and and do yeah. that stuff. <laughs> And, and the battery's glued in, so you have to use the heat gun to loosen no, it up. Not, no, not, not so much in. anymore. Because oh, yeah? they, well, it's still glued, but they have these little plastic strips inside that you can kind of just work underneath the battery, and then that frees it from the glue. Okay. It's it's not really so much glue as it is like an adhesive tape. So it's like 3M now. Yeah. It's it's still not easy, because if you tear those strips the wrong way, then you are going to break up the, the heat gun. Okay. The last and, time I tried to do that, it was, a, I think it was an iPhone 5, and it did not go well. <laughs> you didn't catch it on fire, did you? No, no, it just, I, yeah, the, it was a first attempt at doing a screen replacement and, and such, and uh, it things are packed in there pretty tight. They are. Get it just right. Yeah, I did a couple of them, and then I did one where I messed up the proximity sensor, and I was like, "I think I'm done with these. I'm gonna, I'm gonna recommend people take family members, like, take them to some place to have someone else <laughs> replace these. <But> I don't <laughs> want to spend all that time and then have it not really work for them. It's never good." So one thing that's coming in in 11.3 that is developer-related is the update to ARKit, which I believe we mentioned in the last episode. Mm -hmm. So um, ARKit should get a lot smarter, and hopefully we'll see some new and creative apps uh, come from that. Yeah, that and be cool. this is also the first release of Xcode that will require High Sierra. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> So you won't be using that on your daily driver for a while, Sam, or at least for your day job. Nope. So what is that? Is that Xcode 9.3? 9.3, yeah. 9.3 requires, what is it, 10.13.2 or something like that? Or greater? That's what it is. Yeah, 10.13 something. I think it was 2 because I remember looking, because I was on my Hackintosh, I was on 10.13.2, and I did not want to update to... Uh, ten thirteen three because there is a graphics driver issue. Yay, Hackintoshes! So, uh, <laughs> if you don't want to experience that pain, wait for the the new Mac Pro. But yeah, it, it worked on ten thirteen two, and I believe it didn't on any earlier version. So, okay, yeah. beware. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of weird that uh, nine dot three would would push you there. It's not that unusual for them. I just not certain what the technical reason would be for forcing. I don't think it's technical. They've done it the last couple OS releases, haven't they? Like the exact same thing, like the not dot one, like they let the bug fix release go through and work on two OSs back. But that's usually like, you know, about spring time. Yeah, they force we're you up. there. Yeah, oh, we're yeah. getting there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I just, just a few weeks away. I, you know, I think there was an argument for the last time they did it. 
but you know the the core was different and they couldn't coexist but i i don't know it part of me makes me wonder if like <laughs> if it has to do with the internal at apple like they've moved on to like solely be focusing on you know the next os versions and they can't even i mean it's it'd be it was it's too much effort for them to support three versions right. back because they're working on you know they're working on ios 12 yeah. 10.14 at this point and they have been for a while but at some point you have to stop developing against yeah. And, and, and I, I can I can get on board with that argument because I've made that argument myself for it's like, well, you know, if we have to support that many versions back, that increases the testing effort and the likelihood of, of defects and, you know, workarounds based on versions. And yeah, I can I can see that argument. But I guess, yeah, it is kind of an N minus one argument. But their N is just a little bit further up than yeah, ours. Yeah, their N is higher than ours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're counting so the unreleased outside. versions. Yeah, I mean, that does make sense to put it that way. If we have any Apple employees who listen, feel free to send us a message and confirm or deny. <laughs> <laughs> well, anonymous feedback, no source code. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't care. They can send us whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to get involved with any of that. It's much of a mess so all right so speaking of spring and spring of, do you think we'll have a spring event this year we haven't had one for a while now i think there were some rumors for new macbooks or macbook pros and then we're supposed to get the the mac pro in 2018 which has already been announced and talked about much like the home pod was yeah but only only in vague terms that it would be modular modular um we don't have any specifics like in oh, terms of like yeah. can can you update it you know is right, it upgradable right. i was thinking imac pro that that's what came to my head when you said mac pro yeah, yeah. and as soon as you said modular that <laughs> clicked in my head that we were thinking of the wrong things yeah, well, i, I was feel like the wrong thing i feel like other than dub dub and the September iPhone event, there's nothing really set in stone these days in Apple land. It seems yeah. like the pro hardware, the, the Mac Pros and iMac Pros have been mostly at the end of the year. But some of that's driven by Intel. Some of that's just um, inventory and, and supply chain driven. Yeah, I wonder if we get another dub dub announcement of... Hey, we got this Mac Pro thing available by end of 2018, which means we'll get it in early 2019. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess in, in some ways we got a summer event last year instead of a spring event with the, the 10 inch iPad Pro and you know, the HomePod preview and, and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah, I guess it's it's anybody's game or guess. Huh. We also know that all their R&D is going into new original content for their TV shows. <laughs> Somehow, I don't think that there's very many engineers in Cupertino working on new TV shows. Just, just call it call it a hunch. I don't know. I, I think we're going to have a uh, an emoji TV show, but <laughs> we'll see. 
the latest out of Bloomberg was that in iOS um, what was it, 12 that you're going to be able to FaceTime with an emoji, an emoji replacing your face. So look forward to that in the slimmed down iOS 12 release. <laughs> that makes that, the cut. Isn't that basically like Snapchat and all these other things already? Yeah, Snapchat's not live, though. Well, the, the, you can put the like the hats and noses and stuff. The live on. preview is. Yeah, I just meant like live talking to a person as a dragon or whatever. Mm. Sounds like they're going to add that to FaceTime. So, I mean, last episode, we kind of talked about how we wanted to see like a separate app or let let you use an emoji for more places. So it sounds like iOS 12 will go that direction. Yeah. Although there's already things that do live face replacements and all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, all the all the social media apps have some form of that these days. Yeah. Well, there was uh, I don't remember where I heard this, but it was some term for taking a celebrity's face and mapping that onto an adult video performer. And that was like going on on Reddit and Reddit pulled it because it was like some form of involuntary pornography. And so this stuff is out there. It's weird already. We don't need an emojis to make it weird. It's already there. I never said anything about it being weird. (laughs) Well, that definitely makes it weird. (laughs) So, yeah, the stuff is uh, becoming way more sophisticated than than I think we would have dreamed of when when we were kids. Yeah, who would have thought that emojis or uh, emojis in general would advance this far? <laughs> Who would have and our cars it? still don't fly. What? What is going on? And the robots, they're not cleaning up. Nothing. All right. I think that's about all the time we have for this week. Why don't you guys f- tell us where we can find you on the internet? You can find me at AJ Robinson on Twitter. I'm at Alex Argo. And I'm at Sam Corder. The podcast is at Shared Inst. And if you want to talk to us about your and emoji wonders you can hit us up uh, to get an invite to our slack instance at chat.sharedinstance.com talk to you guys later happy coding <laughs>